Hello, welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues, services, and activities of interest to residents 50 and over in Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition, we'll talk with Lisa Callahan of the Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program. Lisa, welcome. Thank Glad you. To have you with us. Can you get a longer office title or program name? I'll, I'll have to work on that. <laughs> okay. Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program. It's a mouthful. Can you first, I mean, tell me what in the world that is. What does that program do? The Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program is a group of advocates. We advocate for the highest quality of life for residents in long-term care facilities, mm. be it nursing or assisted living facilities. Okay. And what are some of the things that an advocate would do? I mean, can you kind of, I mean, I know there's not a normal or a typical, but just kind of ballpark, what are some of those? It's anything that you might, um, any problems you might confront in your life, and the problems are even greater in Mm. facilities. Mm. Our volunteers work with issues such as um, cold food, or food not being delivered, or them not getting meals, Mm. or call bells not being answered, Mm. or not being treated with respect, Mm -hmm. or you name it, anything. Right. Do these, uh, does uh, a person in, uh, in this situation have to have or need to have an advocate if they don't have family around? It's even more critical to have an advocate when there is not family. When families, we always love to see that families visit the residents in the facilities because they are, you know, the advocate on the spot, so to speak. But I find that a lot of the volunteers that come to our program have visited with, have had family members in facilities, and they've seen that there are um, residents who don't have families who mm. visit, mm. don't have friends, and they reach out and right. advocate for them right. and see that, you know, how critical it is right. to have someone in their corner. Right. But even if, if I do have a family member in a nursing home or assisted living, I, I can still get an advocate or someone to help me. I shouldn't feel like that I have to do it all on my own. Absolutely. Okay. I guess that would be a great, a great uh, relief of burden for me as a family member. Maybe, maybe not even getting that much accomplished, but just having someone else there, maybe to another set of eyes to see stuff. Sometimes it's just having someone there as a sounding board, Hmm. someone to talk to, someone who understands. We are resident directed, so Hmm. if the resident says, I don't want you to talk about what I just said to you, Hmm. we won't. Okay. So families talk to our volunteers and to our staff. Residents talk, and sometimes they're just a sounding board. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they just need to understand how the process works of whatever the situation is, who to bring the complaint to, who can, who's the best person to resolve the issue. Yeah, okay. Um, before we get into talking about the volunteers and the training and, and the need for volunteers, that kind of thing, is there any way to quantify, I mean, how many uh, people or, or residents we're talking about in long-term care facilities in Northern Virginia? Is there a way to put a number on that? We, co- Our program in Northern Virginia, we're a regional program, and we cover 
the assisted living and nursing facilities in Arlington, Alexandria, Fairfax, and Loudoun. Hmm. And that is about 10,000 beds. Wow. Now, as to the number of residents, we never know how many actual residents occupy the beds because it varies. But the number of beds remain, well, it remains pretty constant. Yeah, I'm sure they're not all full 100% of the time, but still, even if they were only 50% full, that's 5,000 people. Wow. So I would think that means there is a huge need for volunteer ombudsmen. There is. Okay. What kind of um, training or program do these volunteers have to go through before they can actually represent the program or be, be involved with a, with a family or a resident? Is there a certain level of skills or training or things that they have to do? Good question. There is. We offer, in fact, this year we are offering for the first time two trainings per year. We, hmm. we did one in the spring, and we will have another training in September. Okay. And that consists of three days of classroom-style training from 8 to 4.30. Let me see. It's in September. September 8th, 10th, and 18th. Okay. We will bring in speakers. We will talk about what we're mandated to do. We're a federally mandated program. Oh, interesting. Um, It's it's a very intensive training because we want our volunteers to walk into the facility feeling comfortable with what they need to do Mm -hmm. and how to do it. And, but they will always have the backup. Um, we work as a team mm. with the staff ombudsman in the office. I was, I was going to say there, there is the, the Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program, so there are staff people that are doing this function as well, but there aren't enough of you. Correct. Okay, and that's the reason you need the volunteers to help supplement. For 100-plus facilities, we have seven state paid staff. Seven? Seven. Wow. So our volunteers are just an integral part of our mm-hmm. of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do what we do without yeah. the yeah. generous devotion of our fantastic volunteers. Right. Well, this this sounds like a a volunteer opportunity too that is maybe not the norm. I mean, right off the bat you're talking about 3 full days of training mm-hmm. that is required. So this really takes a commitment level. It does. It's it takes a special it takes a special person to do this work. Mm-hmm. A person who is doing it for, from the heart, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's work. In addition to the 3 days of training between the second and third days of training, we ask that the volunteers visit an assisted living facility mm. and a nursing facility with current volunteers. Once they come in or accepted into the program, they will choose a facility or they'll, they'll mm. choose from a list of facilities and okay. we will do our best to place them. Maybe geographically in best one that, for them. Yeah. That's convenient for okay. them. Okay. That's on the way to the grocery store. Right, right or you know on the way to work mm-hmm. or very close so mm-hmm. they can pop in as they as it works for their schedule because after all they all are volunteers right right um, but they the work that they do we ask that they spend 4 hours a week in their assigned facility at least 
Um, there is a reporting function. We ask that they tell us what they did from the previous month, how many hours they spent, how many visits they did, what types of issues they encountered, mm -hmm. and if they have any problems, call mm -hmm. us and mm -hmm. we'll work through it together. Right. Four hours a week, that doesn't sound like a lot, but the work that they're doing really does sound like a lot. It can be very intensive. Yeah, yeah. What what type of qualities or what type of person do I need to be if I want to be a volunteer ombudsman? Are there certain certain things that I should be? <laughs> I think one of the most important qualities to have as an ombudsman, volunteer or paid, is to be able to listen. Hmm. People don't necessarily want to hear what you have to say, mm -hmm. but they need someone to hear what they have to say because that's the reason we're there. We're there for the resident. So listening skills, um, being, in, being aware of your surroundings, mm. being aware of what's going on, um, kind of an intuitive mm. Kind of picking up on the little subtle clues yeah. or things that are there or not there kind right. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Having the heart for the work. Yeah, that's a big one. It's a very big one. Yeah. Hmm. What about, is it sometimes just listening to a resident, whether there might not be a, an actual complaint? It's just being a, a, a talking buddy, if you will. Mm -hmm. Is that part of it? It's, it's being able to tease out a lot. Hmm. Because all of the people that, that you meet, and it's so fascinating to go into a facility because the people you, it's a microcosm of, of our world. Mm -hmm. And you meet people from every walk of life and have the most fascinating stories, mm. some of which may be true and some not. Right, right. And I will get calls from volunteers and they'll say, I need to run this past you. And not everything is true, right. but you know, you, you work with the staff, right. you develop the relationships with the staff. You develop the relationships with the residents so that you can go to staff if, if it's not right. breaching confident, right. confidentiality of the resident. And, you know, try to figure out where the truth is, mm -hmm. how to work for the best for the resident. Right. Are, are these facilities... Um respectful and aware of the volunteers? I mean, is there a, a good relationship that's been built up with the program so that they see them as an ally as well? That's an excellent question. And I get that often <laughs> with prospective volunteers going mm, into facilities. Yeah. And my answer to that is the good administrators and executive directors see us as an asset. Mm -hmm. They see us as another feather in the cap of the facility because mm -hmm. they can say, if you're having a problem with me or someone on my staff, you can always go to the ombudsman right. who is in our facility at least four hours a week. Right. Go to them. Yeah. They can help you. Yeah. On the other hand, there are administrators and executive directors who feel, who may feel, right that we're looking over their shoulder, mm -hmm. trying to catch them doing something wrong. Right. They don't need us there. They don't want us there. Right. I have had volunteers who have been able to turn those feelings around, to turn the opinion of us as being, you know, just over the shoulder looking, right. as we are an asset to them. Right. Because we are there for the same reason 
that the people in the facility are there, right. and that is for the good of the resident. Good of the person, right? I was going to say, yeah, mm-hmm. you're all there for the same purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, put you on the spot. Is there a, a, a great um, story that you've got to tell, or, or a situation? You don't have to name names or anything like that. Of, of a volunteer that's just had a big impact, or a, a great success story, anything that that you could share. Like I said, I didn't prep you on this, so put mm. you on the spot. I know you've got a ton of them. Actually, every every volunteer has one or many of those. And well, one just came, came comes to mind. I've been off for the holidays and just came back this morning and catching up on my email. And a, as I said, the volunteers submit reports. Mm-hmm. And there's a facility that has had a turnover in executive directors. And there is a new one in that facility. And the volunteers report, in the report she was saying that she's been trying to get, and she named the name of the person, to try to be more comfortable in coming out and talking to the residents. Mm. And as I read it over for the second time, I realized the person she was talking about was the executive director. So she's now training, right. <laughs> it sounds like, the, right. the new AD. Right. Okay. There, there are so many, so many great yeah. stories. Yeah. So if someone has a desire, feels a need to fill a void, to, to be involved, to help folks in uh, nursing facilities, assisted living facilities, how can they get involved in the Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program? They can call our intake line. And that number is 703-324-5861. They can also go on our website, which is www.fairfaxcounty, that's all one word, .gov, slash L-T-C ombudsman. And that's all one word. Right. Scroll down, and there is... um, a link that says Volunteer Ombudsman Program. Click on that, and there will be an application. Complete the application. Okay. Email it to me, and I am going to be scheduling interviews soon. Okay. And get those applications in as soon as you can because you've got the September training coming up as well that you want that's, folks involved in. That's correct. Okay. Final 30 seconds or so, what could you say to someone who's – teetering on the edge. I, I, I think that might be something for me to get involved with, but I'm not really sure. Give me a call. Call me. Tell me what your hesitancies might be. Tell me what you're thinking. I'll talk to you about it. It's not the work for everyone, mm-hmm. um, and we don't want to waste your time mm-hmm. if, it's, if you don't feel that it's a fit. Right. But if it is something that you want to do, let me know. Give me a call. We'll talk about it. Um, if you have questions, if you have specific questions, I am very upfront and honest, right. and I will be happy to answer any questions or talk out any, right. you know, hesitancies. Right. Okay. Awesome. Sounds cool. Lisa, thanks so much for being with us on Fairfax 50 Plus today. Lisa Callahan of the Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program. And if there is any desire on your part, like I said, give Lisa a call or uh, go online to fill out that application and see what's 
in it for you as, as well as the residents of these facilities that you can help. That is all the time that we've got for Fairfax 50 Plus today. We want to thank you for listening. For our older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities, other information like that, go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. You can also call 703-324-7948. The TTY number is 711, and that's Monday through Friday. Fairfax 50 Plus is produced twice each month. And to find our 50-plus podcast, you can just go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults and click on podcast. Fairfax 50-plus is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government, and we thank you for joining us today.